Dad Bod Rap Pod. We're here. We are doing a, a really interesting episode today uh, for you party people out in podcast land. Um, we're doing an East Meets. Eats, ah, I can't talk, Nate. We get to eat? No. <laughs> It is it is lunchtime up in this motherfucker. Maybe maybe that's why I'm, I'm stammering. Um, I, I I need my pho. But uh, we're doing an East meets West podcast um, crossover kind of thing. Like back in the day when um, I want to say the Facts of Life had like a crossover episode. <laughs> I can't remember who it was with. It's like different, different strokes. strokes I think it was it was yeah. different strokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember being super. Oh, motherfuckers remembering that. everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's called it's called Dad Bod. Um, so so we're doing we're doing something similar. We're 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 crossing over with Dope Shit Podcast, uh, located out of New York, and we're we're gonna chop it up about a topic. But let me first get to the introductions. My name is Demone Carter, aka Dim One Struggle Rap Artur. I am joined here by the man, the myth, the white. Nate LeBlanc. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Uh, excited to form Mike Voltron today, and I'm talking about the old Voltron. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> nice. true that. Not Netflix Voltron. <laughs> the the OG Voltron. And I'm also um, joined here by uh, the man from the dying art form, <laughs> <laughs> hip-hop journalist, Mr. Dave Ma. Hey, guys. Really good to be here. I feel like uh, we're five... Five members amigos right now, so let's let's do it. <laughs> triplets, triplets all around. Triplets and, and punchins. Uh, and so we are we are joined by the two members of the Dope Shit Podcast, uh, NASA and Samurai Banana, who is battling bird flu, <laughs> but is but is pushing through valiantly. Uh, so we 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 appreciate y'all being on. Um, so so the kind of guiding question for for this segment that we're gonna do has to deal with. Hip hop and technology, and we uh, we in our previous segment we talked a little bit about how the culture changes with developments of technology, right? Like if right. if Marley Marl doesn't figure out that you can you know chop up drums in in on a sampler, right? right. Like like imagine how shitty your life would be if that had never happened. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I'm saying, and and there's there's these leaps, right? Or like. Like Dre's weird perfectionism on on two thousand one, right? Completely changed the genre, and it was only because you know he was coming out uh, along at a time where Pro Tools and things allowed mm-hmm. you to do mm-hmm. things. I had a, a a engineer friend who was like when Ludacris was really hot, he was like, "You couldn't yell like that ten years ago." Wow, there was no <laughs> yeah, there was no true. way to mix the kind of yelling vocal that he loves to do, and so the the kind of point being is that. Every time there's this, these new formations of technology, whether it be some equipment or the way we listen to it, right? Like the whole right. streaming thing, like the culture changes. So I wanted to, to throw it uh, to the New York homies and kind of ground us in what was, the, what was your first piece of, of hip-hop technology? Like was it, was it a piece of production equipment? Banana, I know you're, you're a DJ. Kind of ground us in the, in the first piece of of gear that you fell in love with? Oh, um, the first fucking, I think the first like thing that ever, that I ever used and which probably, you know, got me started on this whole thing was actually, um, uh, fucking, uh, reactor, the native instrument synth program. Oh, um, okay. that was like the first thing I was like, Oh shit, I can, I can kind of make weird sounds and make them sound interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was interesting, like my, 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 uh, the way I made music sort of changed a lot over time. Um, cause I went from, I went from that, uh, to, um, to, cause after that, you know, in like middle high school, I, I got my first, you know, tables and, and stuff and started doing that. Um, and was also like chopping up samples and, uh, digital performer, which is basically just Pro Tools. I should have just said Pro right. Tools. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that that really appealed to me. And But then I start, actually started getting bored of that, and um, around that time, uh, you know, uh, Native Instruments came out with Machine, mm-hmm. and I was able to pick up one of those, and I went back to that kind of synthy sound. Um, right. mm-hmm. 
which set me back. Oh, God, it was terrible. <laughs> oh, God, I got a new thing I have to learn how to do. Um, but, uh, you know, it was just like being able to, like, just find new things to have fun with. Like, now I have a fucking theremin. I'm having a great time with the theremin. Oh, but, right. Uh, oh, yeah. But just, like, being able to, like, find new toys is always just, you know, can, Can you, you just, just play, play with that, that while we talk? Edge <laughs> <laughs> to whatever you're saying. Do this Twilight Zone style. <laughs> I'll, I'll record some stuff. <laughs> what about you, NASA? Is technology making music better? Um, I, I think from a production standpoint, for sure. Um, you know, I, um, man, I've been, uh, I, have, I have a lot of gear these days. Um, mm. I, I started out, when I first got my shit, man, this is kind of a long about story, but most of the things that I say are. Um, but uh, <laughs> I can um, get, I can vouch for that. Yes. This is <laughs> so this all starts. Uh, I'll give you guys a cool story. This all starts with me in sixth grade, <laughs> and I am not a popular kid, and so I am getting harassed at school, and this kid takes my book. And I chase after him. I trip and I fall down. I crack my head open. Whoa. Okay? So I'm bleeding. I'm 11. So that's really scary. And I go to the hospital. I get stitches. Long story short, we end up suing the school because the teacher wasn't in the room. We get a couple thousand dollars. That couple thousand dollars sits in a bank account waiting for me until I'm 18. And when I turn 18, I take that money and I immediately buy two Techniques turntables I bought fucking like 15 inch woofer Gemini speakers. <laughs> I was about to fucking party in the park somewhere. <laughs> Gemini amplifier. Um, Gemini is the, the iconic name of the of the 90s. That's how you know you're from the 90s. And totally. uh, I eventually bought uh, and I had a DJ mixer. It was I don't even remember what I had actually. Um, and then I uh, eventually ended up buying um a yamaha su2 su10 sampler which is a really lesser known sampler for a reason um (laughs) i had an elise's sr16 drum machine and then i had a tascam 424 four track cassette four track and so the the deep like in my head like you had to know how to DJ in order to produce rap records. That's the way that I came up. That's the way that I was educated in hip-hop from the input that I took in from people around me and also from culture around me. And, uh, you know, that's debatably true, um, but that's how I went about it. I think it did make me a better producer, ultimately. And so um, I took that technology. I had really poor technology so i had like a sampler that would sample things and i'd have this drum machine that would play really kind of cheesy drum sounds which now sound cool but back then sounded cheesy Um, (laughs) and uh and i recorded them take by take on a four track until they were just multiplied and then you would just keep you know you'd keep doing the stereo mix down to two tracks you know play 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 and then you do your vocals over that and so that got old pretty fast, and my future <laughs> wife at the time was working overnights doing, like, um, pastry cooking and took her hard-earned money and bought me an MPC 2000 XL. that Flighty pretty much material. changed every – well, that's – yeah, and we are still together today. <laughs> <laughs> and the MPC is still here, too. Um, and so, you know, I, I got – that's how I got the XL, and that changed everything. You know, once I got the 2000 XL, I was able to do what I heard. You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. I was already mixing. Well, not mixing. I was already recording and assisting sessions with, you know, indie superhero motherfuckers from, from New York, you know, at Ozone. And that was around the time when I got um, my my MPC. And I was, you know, I was around really talented people, really young, like 21. Like, I was working around, like, LP and Anti-Pop Consortium and Mike Ladd and people that are just, like, you know, dope <laughs> at everything. <laughs> and so, like, you know, I remember the engineer that was training me pulled me aside when I was bringing in my demos at the time, and he was like, yeah, your learning curve is going way up being around these dudes. And, all that. and I was like, thank you. I mean, that's a high compliment for a 21-year-old or 20-year-old. Yeah. And uh, anyway, the technology is what got me, helped 
what helped get me there along with being around talented people and having talent myself like having the technology was big and like you know over time i ended up getting a computer and getting pro tools and you know now you know banana could attest like i have a you know a whole bunch of little fucking you know a bunch of toys in the crib now i got like all kinds of like random stuff that i'm buying off of ebay that is underappreciated that i'm i'm bringing mm. in here and appreciating like i have an old like late era roads and i have like um mm. I have uh, I bought the HR sixteen Alises just recently, which is mm. ill because it sounds fucking crazy good. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I finally am at a point now that I'm forty and don't give a fuck, you know, where I can buy some of this equipment, you know. So I that's sort of where technology's taken me. Um, I I I produced exclusively off of records and an MPC 2000 XL for years, for 10 to 12 mm. years before I started to work in synths and resample my own playing and things like that. So, Okay, okay. You know, this next question is for both of you guys, since um, both of you guys are pretty um, on the up and up when it comes to technology. Is there Are there any new tracks where the technology the technology bleeds through the sonics for you guys where you're like this track just sounds amazing sonically because they did this and this um there's a uh i think that i'm answering your question with this one but um there's a song by hot sugar on i think his most recent uh mixtape where he does something with these snare drums i have no idea what the fuck it is and i've asked i've asked like tons of people who like you know, do audio. Now, so I don't know if I... Yeah, you have not asked me, so you don't have to <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, so what about uh, it? What, what about it? Um, it's like, okay, uh, it's really crazy. Okay, so, like, you know, it's just the fucking funnel track. And then at this one point, he brings in these, these like, you know, snares that are, like, going at crazy speed. And like, you know, he's just, they're sort of all over the place. Uh, and then, and they pitch down and then they pitch way the fuck up. And I think there's like some bit crushing going on, there's wow. some delay going on, but it's like, it reaches like this really just incredibly high frequency range where it's just sort of like crackly. Um, mm. And then he brings it right the fuck back down. So just like the regular fucking snares, and I honestly don't know what the fuck's going on. And wow, okay. every time I listen to this song, I like, I'll rewind that fucking that part a bunch of times too, and just be like, wow, what the fuck is going on? Here? <laughs> wow, I need this to happen. Um, that's that's an example I can think of. I think uh, yeah, totally. I think for me, the thing that I hear the most. Um, that has changed in rap over the years is the ability to punch in much smoother and mm-hmm. much more often. Um, and yeah. I'm not one of these rappers that is like, oh, you should never punch in in the studio, son. Like, I just, <laughs> right. whatever makes the fucking record sound good is what you should be doing. This is not a lot right. of yes. for a fucking yes. reason. That's why they build walls in studios uh, and they don't <laughs> right. have those in front of stages. Um, as long as you could perform it later, you know, I mean, yeah, or not, you know, honestly, like if you're not going to perform it, that's fine. As long as the record sounds good, but, um, but you hear tricks and things, uh, over time. Like, you know, I mean, when I was recording in the late nineties and early two thousands, you know, I was using DA 88s and I was also using ADATs at one point too. And, you know, when you're doing punch-ins on that, I mean, you can get nice and I got pretty nice with it, but you're dealing with. You know, analog. Well, it's not analog because it's digital tape, but it's it's a it's a physical tape. So if you yeah. fuck with it too fucked up, like it's just gonna break, or you're gonna get bit loss, or you know it's gonna crunch. Like little things you had to worry about that, you know, to these days you would never have to worry about that. I mean, I could do whatever I want now. I can have somebody rap along with the trap and just just delete the the mm-hmm. second version of it. You know what I mean? Like back then, you'd have to go in and scrub that. You know, like right off of off of the off of the digital tape so you know of course that sort of advanced like recording faster you know and that's another thing that ties into this conversation is like um and the conversation we had on our show too with you guys is like you know there is so much music out there because recording is so much easier you know especially if you're doing rap recordings like 
you know, if you have any good sense, like you can put a microphone in front of a person and know to not put them in front of a window or a brick wall or something fucking stupid. <laughs> Actually, some people don't know to not do that, but okay. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, if you, you know, if you're, if you're kind of there, you know, like you can record it and, and more importantly, like you're recording it to a hard drive. So there's unlimited space. You know, yeah, I can right. remember distinctly. <laughs> I can remember distinctly needing to finish mixes at home, and I ha- I was recording to DAT at the time, my masters, yep. and I can remember running out of space on a DAT and having to drive to Edison, New Jersey, to buy a DAT tape <laughs> in order to finish <laughs> the fucking mixes. That's and dedication, <laughs> yo. It'd be good, and and that's when I decided I need to stop using DAT tapes because that was like oh eight ish. And that was right. you know, I was already sort of a dinosaur for using dats at that oh, time. Man. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, so that's why I had to go to Edison to get them because like it's either that or going to the city or going to Manhattan, whatever. So like um anyway, the point of it is it was a finite resource. You know what I mean? Like, right. yep. and that's why like, you know, Damon was talking about this too, about like the professionalism of going into a recording studio and you either went to a studio or you don't. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason you paid to go to a recording studio is they had infinite amounts of that finite resource called tape. Right. Yep. You know, yep. and so now everyone has that. It's not just the mics or the computers, it's the recording ability. You can record infinitely. We could talk right now for another four hours, and neither one of our sides is going to worry about running out of tape to record this podcast. Right. Yeah, it's just so, not a yeah. concern. That's good. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's a big technological advance. Yeah, mm. no, I can remember. Um, our first demos we recorded in the early 90s, we would have to buy Ampex reels. Um, and these shits were, it was $50 and you could put a song and an instrumental on Jeez. the shit. And I was working at Foot Locker, literally counting the minutes, like, okay, <laughs> by lunch I can buy one amp set of Ampex reels. And you had to go to a weird Memorex spot, like in Santa Clara, mm-hmm. like off the freeway. Um, and yeah, so now, now everything, it's kind of like, um, when I, when I watch these blasted superhero movies, uh, Nate's giving me dirty looks <laughs> when I watch these movies and I'm like, you know, the special effects compared to the Superman of Christopher Reeves is just off the charts. And that's kind of where I feel like, um, right. rap, but more even just like music, beat, beat culture, yeah. music, yeah. electronic music, um, I hear shit. There's a cat named Eprom who's uh who's out of out of Portland. Is you know more of a an electronic producer, but something it's almost scary to me. I'm like, how do you do that? How big is that Pro Tools session? Right. I heard mm-hmm. like because there's so much going on. There's so much yeah. going on, and somehow nothing peaks. You know, the bass is lower than it's ever been. I'm, I almost feel like a caveman where I'm like, I'm, I, I, I dig it, but it's, it's a little bit frightening. Right. Uh. It's, it's so easy now, and I don't know that producers work myself, but I, I do know that sessions that I've had that have been handed to me to mix, um, I will see like even what I would call uh, overproduction. Um, mm. Sometimes sure. it's, it's so easy now that you – and if you have a decent enough ear – it's almost bordering on dumb luck that you can get away with that stuff without it peaking or without it overlapping. Um, And then, you know, the problem is then you try to mix it professionally and then things move around. And then, you know, sometimes a client will get mad about that, which it's just, it's a weird world that we're in where like you can kind of like trip over a, a decent enough mix, particularly if you're doing instrumental stuff. Whereas it, it, it makes it really hard to actually mix something like that because it's still mentally challenging to fit 24 mm. elements into the frequency mm. range for a human ear to discern different sounds, mm. which is not how a lot of people think about mixing, but that is the way that you should be thinking about it, you know? Mm. This is a little nerdy, and I'm wondering if you guys can go here with me, but the only thing I've ever produced is this podcast, and I really, if you listen to our early stuff, have really learned a ton in the last 40 weeks um, since we've been on, but I, I wonder how much just seeing the wave changed it. Like on a mm. tape machine, you can mm. look at the little needle bouncing, but you don't really mm. know until you listen back. So sure. I wonder if you guys think seeing the wave while you're recording or while you're kind of doing the project has changed music fundamentally. Um, I could uh, speak to that. I, um, you probably can speak better than. Um, <laughs> I'll let you back no. in in a sec, but I, I, I think um, 
I, I can remember when I was coming up in studios, um, when I was interning in studios, uh, this is around 97, 98, I can distinctly remember engineers complaining about the visual distracting them from their mixing. Interesting. And that they were annoyed wow. by having the wave in front of them. It made everything too visual, and that's why they went against software. And I can identify with that to some degree because I don't use Because they have, like, professional to... ears, and they're used to trusting mm. their ears. You have to trust your ears. If you're mixing, you know, I mean, you know, producing a, a podcast like this, obviously, you, you know, you want it to sound good. and, you, and But, you know, but it's not like mixing a, a piece of music. You know, when, it's when really you're mixing, yeah. <laughs> when you're mixing tracks, I mean, you you better be using your ears because if you're just turning mm-hmm. knobs and looking at the EQs go up and down, then you're wasting everyone's time, in my opinion. Like I didn't, okay, I didn't, I didn't go through 25 years of doing this shit to watch a motherfucker do that shit <laughs> to my track. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I think, um, you know, that's a big thing. I mean, I still don't produce with software. I, I'm lost when I go in to try to produce. I'm just like, uh, I feel like I'm trying to produce a one hand tied on my back and i think a lot mm-hmm. of guys mm-hmm. in that crossover period felt like they were mixing with one hand behind their back with with mm-hmm. the waves that being said of course it helps and of course it's good i mean it it just takes you know cycling out of the generation that isn't sure. used to it to see it you know yeah, yeah i think i think that like it helps if you're actually an engineer um mm, right. and you know what you're doing but um like I think that uh, if you're not, I think that, like, I feel that I've seen and heard people talk about waveforms like they need them to be big. Like, I remember somebody. (laughs) No, like, seriously, it's fucking stupid. Um, I remember, I can't remember who the fuck it was. Um, Probably they're really good friends with me, and I shouldn't be saying this, but... um, (laughs) But um, they were talking about, like, you know, how they didn't want to upload a track because, you know, it wasn't, like, you know, fully mastered. And the reason they didn't want to upload it, they were uploading it to SoundCloud. The reason yeah. they didn't want to do it yeah. is because the, the waveform was too small. It was too yeah. thin. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they were scared. And, like, yeah. and it's why like, guys buy expensive, expensive sports cars. cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The waveforms like are too wimpy. wimpy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's, like, it pushes people towards this idea that you need to have things louder than to be actually like properly mixed. Right, right. the louder is better in all cases. Right, right. right. Yeah, and, exactly. And it's, kind of, it's, it's, it's definitely rooted in something, something phallic, and you want, <laughs> I want the biggest, <laughs> thickest, girthiest wave possible. Oh yeah, show me that sick, sick. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> and and chicks do dig the big wave, so I, I feel like I feel like um, I feel like visual has made everything better and worse in in terms of you know DJing um, the advent of of Serato and being able to visually mix things has led people to do things that would have been very, very only a, right. a small percentage of the best DJs could do before. And now, you know, Joe Schmo can do what took somebody with three turntables and a four track mm-hmm. back in the day. So um, as with most things in hip hop, it's the best of times. It's the worst of times. <laughs> um, uh, we do have to get back to our jobs at the post office. We want to uh, we want to thank samurai banana and nasa for for joining us um all the way from ny dope shit podcast is a podcast that you need to check out if you fuck with us you would definitely fuck with them um they actually have a a mix show part where they're they're playing new joints so if you want to get up on new shit and impress your crusty ass old friends please go to (laughs) dope shit podcast um we appreciate you guys taking the time man word up thank you yeah thanks Yeah, for sure. That was really good to link up, man. Appreciate it, guys. Peace. Dad bod rap pod coming to you live from the future. Honestly, we, we're here in Silicon Valley. 
and sometimes I don't understand this till you go to other parts of the country, is like we are we are we're lightweight futuristic. You know what I'm saying? We got like scooters and shit. Like we don't even <laughs> we don't even walk no more. Like we kind of just electrically buzz around the city. It's like some Jetsons shit. Um, coming to you live here, Damone Carter, aka Dim One, in the place to be. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Nate LeBlanc. How's life, Nate? Uh, pretty good. I on the future tip. Um, I had a meeting at Google last week, and the way they like design the buildings to make you feel like you're in the future is insane. Is it? Like it totally worked on me. Huh. I was just like, oh. I'm fully in for this. Like, this is amazing. This looks nice. so cool. How did you filter the light so perfectly? Like, yes, I want coffee. Really? Yeah. It's like um, the one thing that I thought was funny was uh, they have it s- set up so you could do like video conferencing or whatever, but we weren't. We just wanted to show a video as part of our thing. But then you're on the screen the whole time. Mm. And so the whole time I'm trying to impress this person, help my guests facilitate their meeting and just noticing how fucking terrible my posture is i'm just like oh. slumped over in this chair slump guy yeah dude just oh, like dude. it was like making me feel bad but everything else about the environment was just making me feel like mm-hmm. healthy and like economically like sustainable and like it was dope dude anyway, uh, that's my that's my anecdote yeah that's what they want stay that's here, how i'm doing stay here forever <laughs> in the google plex um and we also have uh, Mr. David Ma, when's the last time you were on a tech campus? <laughs> Once, days ago. Yeah. What like, was it? MySpace? I, no, it's actually it's actually a terrible story. Thanks for bringing it up. Um, <laughs> uh, I was interviewing for a job at iTunes. Oh no shit. Yeah, at Apple. So that was about three or four years ago. And they didn't hire you? No. Punk ass. Apple. Terrible Dude, mistake. He's a music Apple. expert. <laughs> I don't Please. Know. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Punk but how am I doing? Alexa. I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah, living the dream. Yeah. I actually, um, I did a gig at the at the San Francisco. That's right. That was a couple weeks it. ago, right? Yeah. Last week, Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah, or last Thursday. Yeah, oh, it was. Sh- it was. Um, they had your picture up like 800 feet, dude. It was a. Speaking of like weird video conferencing moments, they took. They kept getting on me about sending them a high res photo. I'm like, this is high res. They're like, no, no, seriously. Like, we're going to blow this shit up. And I'm like, okay. So I send him a picture, and it's literally me 25 feet by 40 <laughs> feet. And, That's fun. <laughs> and I love myself as much as anybody, but when you see your, like, big sweaty mug, like, and every beard hair is kind of um, – but, no, it, it was cool. It was, like, performing inside of a MacBook. The shit is so sleek there. It's not yeah. like your mall Apple store. Like, the San Francisco flagship one is super sleek, and everybody was, like, super nice, and, like, I made – dongle jokes and shit and like, <laughs> they thought it was funny so um so yeah yeah it was cool and then then the pay for the gig is a fucking apple watch i don't uh, i don't see an apple watch on your wrist are you still getting damn. used to it <laughs> can i Do you flex, like it can i flex on audio no um it hasn't come in the mail yet okay so. oh, I gotcha. right, you don't okay. leave with it that okay. day no no but i i hear that this is the first one that you don't have to have um uh fucking apple Oh, you're not in the Apple ecosystem? No, no, no. I asked to charge my phone, and they're like, oh, yeah, sure, here's the ports. I'm like, it's Android. And they're all like, ah. I'm like, I'm not part of your fucking Steve Jobs cult. Fuck out of here. Um, But dope gig. Shout out to uh, Apple Flagship Store. That's cool. uh, For for having me out there. Do Um, do people want to hear rapping while they get Genius Bard? Like, I don't actually understand what, hear your Genius Bars at the Genius Uh, Bar or what? How did I not do that? (laughs) Damn. I got to console my ghostwriter, Nate LeBlanc, next time. No, no, they have, like, it's like a a performance space, really. Okay, I wasn't getting that. And it's nicer than venues. Oh, wow. Like, their green room and shit is, like, like, top-notch. They had a sound man. It reflects the fact that they have an unlimited budget. Absolutely. And either the people there are robots or just really highly paid because they were so fucking nice. It was hilarious. Um, But, yeah, you know, it's, you know, 30, 40 people kind of just hanging out because it it looks out right onto Union Square in San Francisco. And um, so it was dope, except for the part where... To park up in this motherfucker is seven dollars every thirty minutes. Right, Jeez. cost so, you about an Apple Watch to park. I know. I'm totally. saying, bro. I'm. A, I came out with an iPod. That's all. <laughs> so, but but any anywho. But that kind of brings us to our our topic of today, which is uh, hip hop and technology. We're joined by a special guest who we we flown in um, from Seattle via uh, Alaska Airlines. No, but. Uh, this cat um, actually did a remix for one of my songs 
way, way, way back. And I'd like to point out that we're in the high 30s in numbers of episodes, and this is the first time that I'm plugging one of my songs. <laughs> um, but he did a, he did a uh, remix from my song, Timeline, um, back in like 2011. Um, and we just kind of been chopping it up on Twitter. And he's, he's in town here in San Jose. He was kind enough to join us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Way Styles. How's it going? What's up? Thanks for having me. Welcome. Yeah. Dope. So we're, uh, we're, we want to talk a little bit about hip hop and technology, which has always had a like a, a very interesting um, kind of coexistence, technology influencing hip hop and vice versa. Um, and I was reading an article in TechCrunch where you, Way Styles, had you've developed an app which is like Alexa, and you just say, like, Alexa, make some trap, and it happens? <laughs> no, <laughs> nah, I wish, <laughs> yeah. Nah. Actually, it would seem like that's what's happening right now with all the music industry shit. But. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But tell us a little bit about kind of kind of what what is that? How does that work? Yeah, so uh, uh, some homies of mine from work, um, we were trying to come up with ideas. I was like, uh, yo, it would be dope if we just used Alexa, which was a sponsor of the event. Mm. Um, so I was like, if we can... Uh, try to get that prize money by using their shit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you're recording by yourself, uh, it's hard to have, like, instruments on your arms and whatnot and uh, to always click record. So I was like, oh, it'd be cool if we can um, utilize Alexa and and see if we can just uh, figure out some shit. So uh, basically what it does is uh, you're using MIDI um, mm-hmm. to control. Um, you're basically, you're spitting out Alexa. You're saying, Alexa, use Otis. Otis was the name of the app. Um, you're like Otis record. Uh, should I get really technical now? Do okay, we're going <laughs> Do here. For it. All right, so uh, you have a AWS Lambda that kicks off, um, and we're using. Lambda, you shut up. There you go, <laughs> and uh, we're using WebSockets. Uh, we're I think we were using Pusher at the time, uh, which WebSockets is just like an open connection, it never closes off. It's always listening on and off, and. Uh, so basically, we would shoot off a signal from Alexa. It would go through Pusher. Pusher would hit my local app, which I did in Node.js, and then Node.js uh, would basically um, kick off my MIDI requests. And so I could do like record, uh, stop, uh, rewind, anything you can think of MIDI-wise. Okay. Um, a few issues at the time with it, uh, which today. I talked to someone from Google, and they, they kind of fixed some things, but uh, it can't hold state, and so you would always have to say, like, Alexa, uh, tell Otis to so-and-so to stop, and then you would have to go through the whole talking thing, which is counterproductive. And uh, Is that easier than hitting the space button? No, that's not at all. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I had, had to get the prize money. So. Did you uh, win? Uh, we won the uh, best Alexa app. Cool, man. Uh, Congratulations. Shit. Thanks. That, nice. It was cool. It was cool. And uh, Alexa, send me a check. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, but uh, no, it was it was fun, and uh, it just it made me want to get closer to uh, hip hop and technology, which is is really hard to to get into in that space. There's not. I'm, I'm maybe a, a a negative Nancy, but it's really hard to make money in a good way. Uh, with mm-hmm. hip hop and technology, mm-hmm. Is that, that's, okay. that's that's crazy. That's crazy. So you're a producer and beat maker by trade. Uh, I'm more of a hobbyist now. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. Like gotcha. uh, these days, I'm trying to le- uh, just focus on programming and and learning as much as I can. And uh, yeah, well, I I would like to eventually bridge that gap uh, mm-hmm. where I can, um, you know, be around, you know, people like me who grew up with hip hop and. Uh, try to do something, but I'm just trying to find the right fit. So in the in the developer world, that's not that's not super prevalent. No, uh, not where I'm uh, where I'm at. But uh, you know, you, you're just kind of you're just kind of around a lot of like um, I hate to say it like it, but just a lot of like white dudes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> um, <Boo>. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but you know what I mean by white dudes. Yeah, like for sure, uh, for sure. No one is like. Um, like hip to a lot of shit some are and and that's the ones you kind of gel with and all that but uh like i grew up with this shit since i was 14 like um scratching and battling and and you know touring once in a while was my life and that and that's what i knew yeah tell people a little bit about your you know background like while your your music background yeah yeah yeah. um so started djing um because my brother was a dj around age 14 um 
I was just scratching all the time. I used to come down here all the time to scratch with uh, uh, Prime One, mm-hmm. uh, Ill Tracks, mm-hmm. and all them. Those mm-hmm. are my boys. Um, and uh, I was a big fan of D, D Styles, and uh, homie. yeah, D's a homie, and uh, Ricky. Um, Ruck, I think he goes, yeah, he goes by Ruckazoid now, which uh, I was here a few months ago. I met up with him, and uh, he's he's an evil genius. He is, uh, he's so smart. Um, shout out to Ricky. And uh, anyways, I started battling, um, and then uh, in 2005, uh, basically, I got second place when I thought I should have got first place at my regional oh, DMC. Okay. Uh, People's nah. champ. I was salty at the time, um, and that made me quit battling for a while. But I had turned 21 in 2005, right after that DMC. So that's when I went on my first tour mm. with uh, Boom Bat Project, who was on Rhyme Sayers at the time. Right, sure. And uh, and so my first tour was with uh, Hieroglyphics, OC, Nonfiction, and uh, and we went on. I think it was like 40, like 42, 45 stage wow. tour, and. I had just turned 21, so I was like, and, <laughs> it out. Oh enjoying yeah. the tour. <laughs> it was dope. Uh, I was, I was kind of, a, I wanted to stay away from everything and not get caught up, so I was trying to square bear it the whole tour. But yeah. it was like the best experience of my life. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Dope. And so, so you're kind of, you know, kind of carrying some of that into your your current work, and it's it's interesting that like hip hop seems to make these leaps based around technology right so you know early on you've got disco bands that are serving as the backing tracks um and then when samplers and drum machines come in the entire sound changes if you haven't watched the um the 808 uh documentary oh yeah that that shit is is super wild um and then it's interesting that like hip-hop it evolved kind of because of the technology that was available and then technology evolved to kind of fit hip-hop because there's a bunch of shit on the market now i was looking into stuff my son is a musician and there's so much stuff out there uh production wise equipment stuff what was your like your weapons of choice when you were doing production real heavy uh yeah yeah uh so i started out with reason and then uh i Everyone was telling me I'm a fraud because I'm on software, so I bought a uh, MPC 4000. <laughs> and that, uh, if you go from software to hardware, like an <laughs> MPC 4000, you're kind of like, you know, you're like, damn, this, there's so much you have to do just right. to like chop up. When I could have just went in to like recycle and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and do all that, um, but I did it and was uh, I was doing more live performances with my MPC right. for a while, right. and uh, so yeah, I moved from uh, Reason. To uh, MPC four thousand to Ableton uh, MPC one thousand um, to Ableton again, and now I, I recently bought Reason again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> full circle! Full, full circle. circle. Uh, yeah. That's so amazing. that's a, yeah. You go. There's too many tools out there. That's yeah. that is yep. that's a big problem for me personally. Really? Yeah. It's it's just uh it it's too easy, and I think the. Um, coming from a technology side i think the best thing to do is have no tools and see what you can come up with and i think that's what's lacking today interesting yeah no tools so are you actively making music or are you taking a break uh i try to here and there and then i get caught up with like uh oh i gotta finish this shit for work or i have to learn i have to learn this uh in that um because just like the battle mentality like you know, I want to fade fools all the time, whether it's programming or, or whatever, like, and I'm not there yet. Okay. And so, uh, okay. um, yeah, that, that's kind of how I'm doing, but I, I would like to get into it, but I, I, I can't front. I'm like, I'm just an old head and a hobbyist now. And yeah. if I were to make it like cool, but if not, I'm good. All good. I've, yeah. I've accepted that. Yeah, for sure. What, so, are, what are you rocking right now? Like what are, what are, what's the music, um, that, that you're, you're kind of. Um, to it these days uh i think I, I posted the other day i watched the stretch and bobito show and mm. or the documentary mm-hmm. and it just like brought me back to like all the shit i grew up with yeah. and uh and so i've just been rocking s- so much like old old shit like uh diamond d and mm. de La and uh 
Wu and um, Nas. The the live at the barbecue is one of my favorite mm. Nas verses of oh, all time, ridiculous. and like yeah. one of my favorite verses. Period. Period. Like he, he waves nun, guns at nuns, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting. I don't feel like there's been a career making verse in a long time. Totally. It's just like based on that, the like hype for Illmatic was so strong, and he yeah. just like he took over. Totally. Career making verse. Okay, that's a good look. Control. Kendrick. Maybe Did he was already he pretty was, big by that thing. point. I, I get it. I would say uh, there's a promo that um, Dre did for Detox that has Kendrick on it, was which is where I saw Kendrick first. Okay. Where it's like, damn, who the okay. fuck is that? Like this guy. for yeah. me, I mean, I'm not making careers, but I'm just like that. Like really perked my ears up mm. for Kendrick. But he definitely entered a different echelon at that point after the, after the control verse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's 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 been well, a, people don't a really minute. have each other guest on their each other stuff. Totally. <laughs> that's selfish, what you have to do. Selfish bastards. Well, uh, well but Nick, Nicky on Monster, perhaps. Yeah. You know? that's that's. A, I would oh, say in that's terms closer. of like arrival, yeah. that's a mm. that's an. A, a career okay. making sort of like, like now you have to pay attention yeah, to this that's person. My arrival, you know, okay. sort of verse. Okay. Yeah, we're a little we're starving there a little bit. But I think it's <laughs> I think it is technology though in a in a way because uh now cats are not in the studio. Mm-hmm. Right. So I know um from you know chopping up with the our homie Tracks a Million, um people are just sending verses around. Like cats aren't even in the studio together. So kind of to your point way, um sometimes I think that the technology can kind of get in the way of like an actual like vibe vibe you know what i mean um but at the same time you can like literally do anything now yeah which is which is so dope and there's a lot of guys that are, are learning to um how to manipulate this shit live um i saw uh dj uh miles medina um maybe four or five months ago and his set that he was doing live was something that would have took you like three years with a four track back right. in uh <laughs> you know what i mean circa circa 90 91 um is there is there anybody that you're that you're kind of impressed with how they're using the technology and kind of flipping shit um nothing comes to mind right now um i'm a little biased with like some homies uh, okay. down in la uh dj image uh, okay. from the wood um he's still like a to me, he has a really good balance of just not pushing the mm-hmm. buttons on the mixer to actually like trying to flip shit. And uh, I think that uh, I saw Miles set from the Goldie Awards, and I mm-hmm. thought he did great. Like yeah. he had a really good mix yeah. of like wordplay and uh, and everything. But just like yeah, I'm just that salty old head when I just see <laughs> fools just start uh, hitting, hitting their damn mix, and I'm just like, man, just like uh, there's so much more you could do, you know? Yeah. It yeah. like. Yeah, then just triggering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there, you have a turntable in front of you. Like <laughs> right. you can do so much <laughs> shit right now and still rock the crowd. That right. would probably be more hype, but it's an easy way out. Mm-hmm. So, so you you were at, you were uh, at DMCs. Um, you're saying ten plus years ago. How do you feel about this controversy around the DMCs won't let you compete if you don't use um, techniques? Right? Is that like mm-hmm. the new thing? Um, how, how do you feel about that? Because oh, I, I, I know some of the DJ homies were kind of pissed off about having to be railroaded into having to use the Technique 1200. I didn't know they uh, did that. The last DMCs I was in, I guess just to finish up my my DJ battling career, is right. like uh, in 2012, Christy from DMC emailed me. She's like, we're coming to Seattle. She's the one who puts on DMC. Mm-hmm. Right. She's like, you should, uh, you should uh, enter a judge. And I was like, I was like, all right. I'll enter. I haven't uh, practiced so for like two years. So I fucking watched YouTube all day just to see <laughs> what like, people stu- were doing. Yeah. And uh, for like a month and a half, two months, I just like practiced, practiced, practiced. Uh, I ended up winning the Seattle DMC. And then after that, I was just like, that's all I wanted. I just wanted to go to the it. U.S. finals. <laughs> Is that right? And, and uh, US, my U.S. finals set, uh, it wasn't good. But I think that's because I was just like. You, I was ahead. content okay. with just being there and all that. Uh, I just had to put that out there. I got that saltiness <laughs> after 2005. Uh, but as far as using certain equipment. Um, Do you use the 1200? Was that yeah, your? I use 1200s. Okay. I, Why I would you want to use 1200s? That's why I'm uh, glad we're broaching I, that. Because the uh, apparently, and I'm not no more than a journeyman DJ, but what I'm hearing is that other companies have moved beyond the 1200 in terms of yeah yeah in, in terms of uh, i mean they're so expensive now and okay uh, there's new shit i think it's almost like a grand for one 
technique yeah. now because yeah. they don't make them. And so now you have um, you have rain turntables, right. which are needleless, uh, needleless, and uh, a new thing is coming How out. How does that work? Um, I, I imagine it's just reading the yeah, the time code. I think it's a laser. Yeah, probably. Like just reads the There's a new the thing. Cuba did a thing on it, I think. Oh, really? I think so. Like a little demo or something. Oh, I imagine. Like, yeah, oh, it's yeah, gonna yeah. Be a game changer, and it's I, like I think it's just like a little laser. Looks like a USB laser. Uh huh. It's probably yeah, right below. I have a lot of research to do. I'm so <laughs> confused. So you should look up. Um, I think it's called the f- uh, phase. Have you heard of yeah, that? Yeah, that sounds familiar. So phase uh, is ridiculous. That that. Like you won't need needles anymore. Uh, it just goes in the middle, and I imagine it does the same thing as the rain uh, turntable. Except I heard this one is on point. Hmm. Um, and so, and it's sad. Like this is all coming to an end. Like our era of like needles and all that, and they stopped making sure. And forty four seven. My cat fucks up my needle like every three months. So <laughs> if I could get a laser, she already like wants to chase the laser around. I don't know if this is better or worse. Oh. <laughs> don't shoot the cat please uh, yeah, yeah. so really the m to. the m44 7 which is the stylus yeah, yeah uh yeah. they stopped making them oh, and for so real? yeah and mm-hmm. so that's why uh everybody's just do trying they still to, make the 44g or they both those are them? like they're not making replacement stylus oh, for those which was still available. a little part of me just died <laughs> exactly that's what i'm saying like <laughs> but we have to embrace this new change mm-hmm. this change like there's no way around it and uh i think it's a at the end of the day, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's a yeah. good thing. Yeah. Well, hip-hop does that, right? So there's like an era. You have the SB1200 era. You have the NPC era. And every time the technology changes, there's always kind of this backlash of like, that's not that's I, not real. I was, you know, there for the great Serato changeover. Mm-hmm. And it was like there was people who did couldn't and right. didn't want to believe it there were people so happy to be liberated from their crates yeah who just like the and then yeah. there were people who became such better djs because they had access well, to everything totally, totally and totally. i don't think it's about like the sync button or any of that shit it's right. just about like being able to practice and being able to play songs of records you didn't yeah. have and like see what really your sound is not what you were available to you in the crate so i, I don't I, know i saw quest love do a, a set with serato Right around when it first came out, yeah, early, and I was like jizz in my pants. Like I couldn't <laughs> even. I'm like, this dude went from Nirvana to Al Green to, uh, to uh, 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 and he was doing it like on a dime. And I'm like, how right. is he doing this? How is he doing this? Yeah. Um, and so it's like, yeah. Then then technology kind of moves, and you you move with it yeah. or you die. I yep. think you got to embrace it. I mean, there's no way of circumnavigating it. You know, Agreed. you just have to embrace it 100%. and make it better. Yeah, but just playing records still is being contrarian. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like I I stream and play records, oh, but I do both. Uh, there was definitely time where I was like way behind the times. Like, records didn't become cool yet again until like recently. Yeah, right? the, like the latish two thousands. Yeah, yeah. yeah so no, we well, were just we were being like obstinate in that way. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. No, and it's it's interesting now that like records are kind of back, right? But I kind of don't believe it. I think people like to have, like, there's record players that target and shit, right? Right. I think people like to have that shit as, like, ornamental. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they like they to agree. have it in the house. And they I'm still like, buy it either way, though. Yeah. yeah it, it's so not, it doesn't it's matter hard. if it's if they listen to them. It only matters if they buy them. Well, then, that, then they, Therefore, they'll get moving. pressed. Yeah. You know vinyl's I mean? actually moving again, which is, is such an interesting thing. And um, I think vinyl's here to stay, though. I think there's something, as all these other bum-ass formats, like, I hate formats. Like, tape is nostalgic. I get it. That shit sucks. Like CDs fucking suck. Like yeah. I hate, I hate, I hate formats. But somehow vinyl, I'm like, ah, oh, vinyl. Well, I, I still think, there. I think every time technology sort of moves and things don't get tangible, like people, you know, go back to craftsmanship and, and they, they want, want to touch tactile it. stuff, you know. And I think records is a big part of that boom. I hundred percent agree with that. I think uh, people want to touch shit right. all the time, and when that's missing, that's a huge problem. Totally. And like, uh, and same thing with like making music. When I was just on like uh, software, I was like, man, I just want to like uh, I want to feel right? it, you know, like yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, what's the point of doing this at at this point? I'm just writing in notes, mm-hmm. you know. Like, Which is interesting because I I think through your app developing, we're just gonna like wave our hands and be like trap, yeah. and then it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I foresee a future. I always used to joke about this as being an MC and never really getting into production until very very recently. Um, I'm only into it now because it's dumb easy. Like I have the Fruity Loops mobile app, 
You just like you fuck with beats? it on your phone yeah, on your lunch? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and I'm just like, oh, 808, tuned 808, doom, doom, doom. Like I'm doing it with the finger and being a complete novice and mm-hmm. the shit is just so easy. And we, we had a um, we had a conversation with Easy Mo B back in, you know, our early teen episodes. Um, oh, that's dope. And, he, you know, he was talking about the time that it took to chop a one sample. Right. A you know what I mean? second piece of sound. Yeah. Oh, man. And, and, you know, he was, like, in embracing the future, too. But he's like, there is there is something that's lost because when it was that hard, I definitely wasn't fucking with it. Like, I've had production mm. homies for years. I'm right. like, that's props to you, Holmes, but I, <laughs> I can't sit there for, for 25 minutes on a, on a three-second sample. Mm-hmm. Um, so for lazy yeah. people without a lot of talent, <laughs> now's your time. Our time. <laughs> this is our time. It's the future. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, Want to thank uh, Waystyles for, for joining us all the way um, from Seattle. Uh, what's uh, So you've, you're, in, you're in town for, for uh, a scooter conference here. <laughs> yeah. um, Those scooters are, are like dope. Like I want to buy one when I get home. And, uh, Just take one with you. It's uh, right. yeah. You can call me a fuck boy all you want. Like, I will embrace that. Those are fun. Put in your carry-on. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's, he's taking scooters back uh, to Seattle with them. But uh, we want to thank you for your time. Thanks uh, for coming thank on you. the uh, Dad by Rap Pod. Thanks for having me. Sure.